All right, well, welcome back to another episode of Behind the Grind. I am your host, Sherrod Schuler, and I'm so glad to be back in the grind seat once again. Um, like I told you before, I'm so glad to have a guest join us in the grind seat. And today I have someone that is in the grind seat that's going to provide a lot of nuggets, a lot of insight, a lot of wisdom concerning leadership. And so I'm excited to dig into our conversation today. Um, right here on Behind the Grind. So with that being said, let me just tell you a little bit about my guest. My guest began his journey into leadership with 20 years uh, in active duty in the U.S. Army and the, as an armed officer. He commanded a company in the 1st Cavalry Division in Desert Storm uh, in 1991. And in 1999, Marsh, uh, Marshall, my guest, retired as a lieutenant colonel and became a leadership coach, trainer, mentor, uh, for the Army's National Guard. After retiring 17 years as a coach, a mentor for the Army and the National Guard, in 2015, he left the world of government contracts and started his company, MT2 Leadership, as an executive leadership coach, trainer, and keynote speaker. Today, he helps business owners and leaders create companies and organizations ready to compete on the business battlefield. Uh, without further ado, let me introduce uh, my guest to the grind seat, to Behind the Grind, and to my Behind the Grind family. Welcome to Behind the Grind, Marshall Townsend II. Welcome to Behind the Grind. Thanks for having me. And, and talk about Behind the Grind. We're, we, you can see behind me, you're getting to see behind the, the green screen. That's, that's so you get a lot of you get you get stings. You probably don't need to be seen. I love it. <laughs> I love it though. But I, I can tell you know by getting behind the green scene per se, right? We can tell there's a lot uh, that you're doing, a lot that goes on, and you know me and you are from the same type of world of personal development and growth. And we get out here and we do so much stuff. But there's a lot that goes into the kind of work that we do. But um, so it's good to see that, right? It's kind of good to see that. I've been kind of in that kind of state for a minute, too. Um, I'm back in my home office. I've been traveling a little bit, so uh, this is my first time back, and so I'm glad to kind of display my, my, my stuff a little bit here, so I'm, I'm kind of excited to be home. But let's, let's get to it. Listen, I, I hear you're, you're calling in. You're talking about mountain time. It sounds like you're calling me. Uh, we're, we're talking, and you're, I'm here in Atlanta, Georgia, and it sounds like you're where? In, somewhere in Idaho, it sounds like, right? I'm out here in Boise, awesome. Idaho area, a little town of Meridian, which is all part of the big blob. Which okay. Is so, you know, of course. Which, compared to Atlanta, it's, it's a small, <laughs> Boise is a small. I can block. imagine, <laughs> you know. I didn't always I didn't always live here in Atlanta, but I, it's a big place, a lot of parts, especially in the metropolitan area like this. There's so much going on. Um, I come from, you know, a town in, in Michigan, so this is a lot much busier than um, I, where I come from. But tell us a little bit about Boise. Uh, you know, I've never been to Idaho, never been to that part of the country. So tell um, myself a little bit, and probably my listeners, quite a few of them may not have been to that part of the country. Well, Bo Boise's a kind of a well-kept secret. It's, it's tucked right up against the mountains, but it's actually on the edge of the, the northern desert that comes all the way up from Reno, Nevada. You know, all of that comes up. Oh, yeah. Salt Lake. Uh, but it comes right up to the mountain, so Boise's tucked in right against it. Boise is a French okay. word for trees, and I guess in the 1800s when they found it, somebody said, <laughs> trees, they, you know, there's, there's trees. Let's, let's and that's how it got its name, huh? Um, <laughs> that's where it got its name uh, of Boise. Um, and also it's the home of the Boise oh, yeah. State football team, uh, which with the oh, blue football oh, yeah. field. Oh, yeah. 
you know, with yeah. a five and joy and, and, and we ain't going to change it. That's the best way to say Everybody says, well, you need to change that. And no, and you, sh- and you guys shouldn't because it's so, I mean, it's so distinct when you, you know, if you're flipping through the channels and you see that football field, it has its own mark. You, you can't help but stop and watch and see what's going on. That's it. <laughs> Well, awesome. Well, let's let's dig into a few little things. I, I you know, I left out. I didn't get a chance to sh- share it, but it sounds like beyond just the information. First of all, I want to say thank you for your service. Right, you've done a lot of work, um, and 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 you've done a lot with the U.S. Army and so forth. I am so uh, thankful for that. But as I was looking through uh, through some things there, I also know that you're an executive director, uh, a part of the John Maxwell team. Um, so, you know, as, as we talk today, I want to hear a little bit about that and, and if you could share a little bit about kind of some of the work and things that you do um, w- with that as well. well. Well, one of the things is that when I stepped out of the corporate world and I started my own business about seven years ago, I was like, okay, I, I need a roadmap. I need some sort of tools and, and processes to build because I was starting a company okay. from scratch. After almost 40 years of being under yeah. government, <laughs> you know, so it was like, uh, you know, I didn't even know what a resume was, you know, so I was, uh, I was pretty much, or what market, what marketing was and what, what uh, networking, mm-hmm. any of those things was, was mm-hmm. all new to me. So I, I went in search of the find an organization that kind of had my same Got DNA, it. if that's what it's called. And I found the John Maxwell program which is now called the Maxwell Leadership Certified Team. Um, and John is amazing. If you've ever heard any of his speaking or yeah. any of his books, he's an amazing individual. And the team he's built it was really help, great in helping me design my business mm-hmm. and get it launched. Uh, and, it, and it's not a, a rubber stamp mm-hmm. business. It, it allowed me to take my experiences and create my company instead of somebody else's so um, so that's I really liked about it so that's what I use I use a lot of that his material in some of my teachings and speaking but I also love the right scripts I just love the right yeah. content yeah you know he's a he's a definitely a landmark when it comes to leadership and and, and just development personal development you, you know there's a lot that you can gather from so I know if you're part of his team there's a lot that 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 you you go through, and to be an executive director, that that, that must mean that you're able to lead other leaders within this organization mm-hmm. uh, to to do their um, the things that they do with the speaking and the training and the coaching, which is pretty awesome. Pretty awesome. Now, it, yeah. It's a lot of fun. So, so anybody in your audience, they want to know more, they, you can always reach out to me, and uh, I can talk to them about that. Awesome. So. But let's talk a little bit. Let's go back a little bit. Obviously, you, you, you threw out there a little bit, which is very interesting. And, and, I, and, I, and I've always was under the impression of how does this work? You know, you've done so much um, in the Army and military. You've done so much. And then once you come to a point of retirement and you come out of the Army, uh, how is it, you know, and again, you found, you know, obviously the John Maxwell program. But how is it as you're transitioning, um, you know, from you know, all those years, great leadership, all the things that you did. How, how is it transitioning into, you know, professional world and doing work of that nature as a veteran? Well, I'll tell you that one of the, I was fortunate to be selected to be one of the uh, trainers out at a place called the National Training Center, okay. which is out in the Mojave Desert right next to Death Valley. Oh. Uh, so it's called the NTC, the National Training Center. So I was one of the trainers there, and our motto was learn something new every day. 
And although we were, as the trainers, were supposed to be at the very top end of our game in terms of being trainers and tacticians and, and coaches, teachers, and mentors, uh, we still had a model of learn something new every day. Mm -hmm. And that's one of the big things I, I took with me as I stepped out of the corporate out of the military and out of the corporate world was learn something new every day. Uh, and so that set me on a course of, of discovery. Go, go learn. Go learn how to, you know, how to network. Uh, you know, I always laughed at a coffee shop. When I was in the military, I had no, why would you go to a coffee <laughs> shop? It was like, you know, I get, I get served coffee on the front end of my Hummer, you know, and it's three days old and I like it. Uh, why would I go to a coffee shop? <laughs> And then I tell the first time I went in and sat and met somebody in a coffee shop, and I realized when I looked around, everybody was doing business mm -hmm. in that coffee shop. Everybody mm -hmm. was doing one-to-one. -one. Everybody was networking. They were giving referrals. They were, they were selling. And I, and I sat back and said, oh, oh, this is not what I thought was happening in the coffee <laughs> shop. <laughs> uh, and and so, from there, so the next step was is I needed to get into sales. So I went and became, I, I put an app job application and become okay. a car salesman. And, and I sold cars for a little bit. And that was putting my head in the lion's Yeah. Head. Oh, my God. <laughs> you know, having never sold anything, really, uh, since, you know, since I was a teenager, all the way to this point in time, to be selling cars on the lot. And, and it turned out the lot I was on was one of the, um, the normal, number one leaders in truck sales in the western half of the United States. So, uh, man, oh, the yeah. pressure was on <laughs> for me. But it was good. It was it's such, it's such, such a fast right. learning curve on how to connect with people and how to add value to people and, and also how to read and understand what, what be able to do a mm -hmm. needs assessment with somebody to find out what they need or want and then match them very quickly to a product. Uh, and, uh, and, and that was... That was invaluable. That, that was so important to me yeah. to learn that, because that's what I that, that's what I do as a coach now is is I help with that. And I and I think that's interesting that you, you went into you know sales right away because it sounds like you know in most entrepreneurs, uh, those that are very successful, it sounds like sales is a big component of it. It's not all you know. It's not all about entrepreneurship, mm -hmm. but it's that that skill that it seems like it helps you with your business. Would you say the same, or or what would you add to that? Oh. Absolutely. It's the number one failure in the coaching mm -hmm. business. The coaches all across the country fail as being coaches because they don't know how to run a business. They're really good coaches, but they don't know how to run a business. They don't know how to turn a profit. They don't know how to make ends meet. You know, they don't know, understand cash mm -hmm. flow, and, and that kills them. And, and it's because they, it's right back to sales. You've got to be able to, and if that's just learning how to, what, what I said mm -hmm. as a leader, one of the things my leaders was first, and my mom taught me this, is that when you go to cross the sidewalk, if you go off the sidewalk, cross the street, she always said, look and listen first, right? And, and that's true. So when you go to meet with somebody, you need to look, listen, and then learn, and then lead from the heart. That was right. something I always taught in my, as a military, was to look, listen, and learn, and then lead. Because if you don't do the three things up front, you're going to get run over by the car. <laughs> your, your organization, your soldiers are going to run over you. But it's the same yeah. in self. So the ability to uh, listen first, learn, and then help them. That's uh, awesome. 
that, yeah. that, that is that's very awesome because sometimes you know you know especially as you're building teams some of us entrepreneurs we build teams and we try to go out and find um, a certain type of a person right we see a person that can talk and chat and, 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 and do all of these things and a lot of those skills are necessary for sales you know if you need them on your team that's necessary but the key ingredient that you've mentioned is if, if you don't have the ability to listen right if you don't have the ability to pause and listen to that that client and really understand what they need before you just assume and, and, and begin to rattle off products and services and so forth you, you'll get ran you'll find yourself not really being as successful as you could be the moment you realize you need to stop and listen pay attention and, that, and that's what's happening with so much now with businesses businesses are doing such a great job you know with products when they're catered and they, they really research their customer and really understand what their customer need those businesses find their themselves doing very well when they really find out what the client and the customer need and you can apply that probably pretty much in all your business uh in pretty much every business that you you, it, you, you do it is and it's also not only the business selling to the customer but also listening to your mm. employees and what is going on in your organization because that really is what binds your organization is the ability to uh to you know, you're as a leader, you're selling all the time. That was one of the things that military people don't understand. No, you got to be selling mm -hmm. all the time, and and have a message and and be able to communicate uh, that command climate that you're trying to create. Uh, but you, as a leader, you've got to be selling, which means you got to be listening all the all I the time. I liked it. Let's go back to let's go back to your military days, yeah. right? Obviously, you 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 were very successful and you know progressed and did great things. In that world, how how do you become a leader, right? Like, what, what what stands out? What do people look for to become a leader in that world? And I know whatever it takes in that world, it translates into your professional world as you come you know come out into the professional environment. What, what does it take to really be a leader? Well, I I, I look back at John Maxwell has has the book, the twenty one valuable less um, what is it, the twenty one laws mm -hmm. of leadership, um, and the first one is there is called the uh, the law mm. of the lid. Uh, and basically, is you as a leader have a lid that you're top, and until you start to grow your lid, uh, you, you, your people under you won't grow, right? So here's the thing: is the second lieutenant, and if there's any military people listening, you, a second lieutenant shows up in an organization, and the sergeants in the organization, on a scale of one to ten, they're probably a six or seven. They've been in the military ten, twenty, thirty years. Uh, they've got a leadership level six, seven, eight. Mm -hmm. They're pretty high. A lieutenant showing up, and I don't care where they came from, West Point or any place, they're mm -hmm. a one. <laughs> right? Now, here's the problem: is the lieutenants think that these sergeants need to come down and be <laughs> under them, right? Because they're the leader. It's called a positional leader. I'm a leader because I have a position, and a position does not make a leader. <laughs> okay, right? The leader makes the position. It's the other way around. But the position doesn't make a leader. So they expected to come down. So, And I knew that because I was fortunate because my dad had been an E-9, a command sergeant major uh, in the military. Not a command sergeant major, but a master chief petty officer in, in the Navy. So um, I understood this relationship. So when I got there, I realized they weren't going to come to me. I had to go to them. So I had to quickly grow myself and continue to grow and learn every day to bring myself up to their level. Uh, and in doing so, my organization, my, my platoon, my companies grew with me. Uh, so that, yeah. that explains it to you. So it was a growth mentality I had to have, and I had to grow fast. 
uh, because they weren't going to wait on me. So I had had to learn my trade very quickly and and be flexible uh, to to adjust. And then again, I go back to listening. Uh, Leadership is something I do for people, not to people. So I had to listen and learn how how to help the others and listen to my sergeants. Let's talk a little bit further about that as far as building relationships and, and, and talking to people. What have you found to be your success when, you know, whether it's in the military or outside of the military and you're coaching, whatever, what do you find valuable or how do you relate to people? Because you, you do a good job, it sounds like, listening. But, you know, more than just listening to what the words are saying, how are you building these relationships? How are you connecting to people? Well, in um – Number one, I, I do a lot mm-hmm. of networking mm-hmm. now, I, and, and I'm not right now launching myself into the world of LinkedIn. I'm trying to evolve and learn more about LinkedIn. I've, I've been doing everything on Facebook and Twitter and other, but LinkedIn I've been scared of, right? But I, I'm now breaking mm-hmm. into that. Uh, but a lot, networking. Networking is a big one, is that, uh, again, when you go to a networking event, you want to have, mm-hmm. kind of have a plan. In fact, in fact where's my book? I, I even wrote a class on this where I have I wrote out a list of ten fundamentals of of awesome. uh, networking, awesome. and I teach that as a, as a class because not only military people but also everybody is like, okay, how do I network? And it's okay, going with a plan, pay attention to what you're doing, uh, have a positive mindset, uh, and and look to to speak less. But what first of all. At a networking event, don't be, you know, that that kid at the high school dance who's sitting in the corner who's afraid to talk to okay. you. Don't be that kid. Right? You got to get up. You got to get up. You got to go mingle. You got to get out there. In other words, but it's not just going to come to you, huh? They're not going to come to you. You can't hang out in the corner. And then you got to get in there and talk to people you don't know. One of the worst things at a network, and I catch this myself, is I'll see somebody I know. I'll go over and talk to them. And we'll get in a big conversation, and we'll talk the whole night and never meet anybody. And I'm like, what are you doing? You know, so so you got to go learn to ask questions got and then it. listen. Listen to what they're, they're, they're speaking about and, and lo- listen for problems they have. And then as you go around the room, you start listening and hearing what people are, are need. And the thought is, is somebody else in this room I could introduce mm. them to? You know, I just talked to a guy over here who's thinking about getting mm-hmm. his house painted. Five minutes later, I meet a guy in this side of the room who paints houses. What am I going to do? <laughs> I'm going to go, you come with me. I'm going to go introduce you over mm-hmm. here to this guy. All right? And when I do that, they will remember me for a lot longer. They will connect with me. And I haven't sold a thing. Right? I haven't told them what I'm doing for a business, but I have connected those two people, and then they are more likely going to refer me or talk to me and follow up with me. Uh, but So that's what networking is mm-hmm. about. It's not about me trying to sell something, but about connecting That's awesome. People. You know, in yeah. and, and this day and time, you know, we're, we're, it's like we're in a hybrid world when it comes to networking. Obviously, we have always going to have the in-person, but now we're in a new world as well as trying to do that same type of networking thing online. Have you found the same mm-hmm. tactics type work, I should say, in, in the online networking as well? Or is it pretty much a different approach to, to, to networking that way? 
No, I, I think it's very mm-hmm. much the same. Uh, is is again, I keep going back to listen to try and, and get them. And, and as a coach, my role as a coach is to ask mm-hmm. leading questions, to get them mm-hmm. to find out, you know, the, for them to tell me why they're doing what they're doing, what their passions are, what their dreams are, and then help them build a, a program to to mm-hmm. achieve that. But at the same time, I've got to dig into them. So again, I when I'm networking, I'm asking questions to try and learn. Uh, what's the roadblocks? What are they running up against? How can I get somebody to help them or point them in the right direction? And I do that same online uh, when I'm working. Kind of like what you're doing to me. You're grilling me here, man. I'm 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 not trying to grill you, but I'm trying to get any nuggets I can. I want to get any nuggets, you know, because it is you're impo- it's important that we do network and just as you described. And, and I was thinking in my head yet yeah, how impactful networking has been even in, in my life and in my career. Um, you know, um, I started my career off in banking. And so a big part of banking is obviously getting out there to your chambers of commerce and you would have to get out there and mingle and say stuff. But, you know, once you get involved and you really get out there and you start talking, you, like you say, it's more than just I got a product to sell or I got, you know, it's all about me, me, me. But when you really get out there and find those relationships, like you said, and you, you connect people and you, you become a resourceful, uh, people reciprocate, the mm-hmm. you know, the benefits back to you. You know, whether you're working with, you know, if you're a realtor and a mortgage person, right, they can work hand in hand, per se, right, because they're able to facilitate business back and forth and it happens in all different areas of life you know we're we're all on this it shows really how much we need each other for the most part right how there's a piece of you a talent a gift that you have and and there's maybe something i can add and we put things together we can really make some things happen um when we do that and that's the value truthfully of networking um yeah and it's it's about i want to be known as mm -hmm. a connector and not as a salesperson or you know i want to be a connector yeah, so I, uh, so people, you know, call me and say, "Hey, I need business card. Who do you know, Marshall?" <laughs> hey, I, I got a couple of people. I'll put, I'll put you in contact. You know, I got people. I got people. Mm-hmm. You know, I met them at events and got their business cards. So I got people I can help. That's them awesome. With. That's awesome. Now let's 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 kind of move a little bit here. I know um, I was you know kind of perusing some of the things that you you got going. And there's one thing that, that that struck me, and you've got this thing called Mark Your Ball, right? Let's talk a little bit about that. I mean, this might tie into a little bit of networking as well, but what is this Mark Your Ball all about? Well, it's a, it was a speech I wrote a couple of years back. I got asked to be the keynote speaker for the First T program. I'm not sure if you're, it's, a, it's a youth a leadership and training program. Oh, okay. It's an international okay, wow. group. Okay. Uh, and they had an event called the Joe Lewis Burroughs. Uh, yeah. Joe Lewis uh, Boxer. Yeah, so Joe Lewis Burroughs uh, uh, Skills and Leadership awesome. Academy. And it was really? amazing. And I got asked to be the keynote. So I had to put together a speech <laughs> for that and with a okay. golf thing. So I would just kind of just start at war game in and out and, and drew it out. And really, it's, it starts with uh, the concept that I don't know if you play golf. I've tried. Let's uh, just say. Let's just say I've tried, and it, it hasn't turned out right, so <laughs> I might have to get with you to figure it out. I love top golf, though. Well, I would say what, it, what I love about the game of golf is when I'm on a golf course, it's yeah. high adventure, right? It, it's high adventure. I have no idea where I'm going. But there's another game that people play, and that's the game of driving range. You know, and there's two different games. There's the game of golf, and then the game of driving range. 
and I, and I love driving range because it's always yeah. flat and level. Well, I, I, I get thirty bucket, uh, thirty balls in a bucket, and when I'm done, I'm. I done. don't know if they have them in Boise, but they have here in, in in Atlanta. They have this thing called Top Golf, and it's I mean it's fascinating, man. You you got the lights and everything lit up, and and you're swinging, <laughs> and I and I'm swinging away. <laughs> it's like a video game, but you know. <laughs> But, but one of the things I learned is that as I started to look at this, is there's a difference between the driving range okay. and the golf course. And when, and when I started looking in terms of life, and I asked myself this question, have I ever met somebody who lives their life like they're on the driving range? Mm. And that is when, when they show up, they expect, or better yet, they demand a flat level playing field. Mm. They, they don't want uneven ground. They want a flat level playing field. And they want... Um, to have a bucket of 30 balls, when they get done hitting the bucket, they're done. They're done for the day. You know, they, they are not, if you put 32 balls in that bucket, they're upset because it's like, I didn't come here to exceed expectations. I came here to do the amount of work you hired me to do, 30 balls, you know, the minimum That's amount it. of work for the maximum amount of pay, and I'm gone. Mm. All right? I'm going to hit the ball. I'm never going to go pick them up. I'm never going to see them again. And and I started thinking about that, that there is a big difference. Because on the golf course, you've got to go, you got to play the ball where it lies. You've got to go find the ball, first of all. I mean, <laughs> i got to find it and then play it um, and advance the it. ball. On the driving range, I never have to do that. And, and I started thinking, okay, what type of people do I find on the driver? <laughs> and and one, one is you find the guy that's used to playing game of golf. He's over there practicing, preparing. Come on. Play. And then you got the person whose life is, I'm, this is it, that I will never do anything more than driving range. That's the most I'll ever put in here, right? I, I got eight hours a day, not a minute more, and I'm home. And then there's the people on the driving range who are dreaming of being on the golf course. They're dreaming. They're waiting, they're waiting for that big voice in the sky that's going to call and say, next up on team number one, you know, the foursome. <laughs> they're waiting for that. So here's the challenge I decided. Okay, I'm going to give you a bucket of 30 balls, right? And I'm going to, on the driver range, I'm going to have you hit that 30 balls, and then I'm going to ask you to go pick them up. But I don't want you to pick up any ball. The, the, the driver range covered with a 1,000 balls out there. I, I just want you to pick up the ones you hit. <laughs> right? And tell me what's your first thought. If I'm going to hit 30 balls out there uh, and i got to go pick them up, oh what are you going to do? <laughs> I'm going to make it easy. I'm going to try to make it easy. You're going to pay attention. Yeah, you're going to pay attention <laughs> right. to where they go, right? And would it be easier if you put a mark on that ball? Mm. That Some sort of symbol on the ball that said okay. that was my ball. Okay? So that would be easier exactly. to find them when I got out there. But here's the thing. There's a bit of magic happens when you put the ball mark on the ball. You take ownership of the ball. Not only ownership over the ball, but the ownership of where it goes, what it does, who it impacts, and where it winds up. And there's more. There's more magic. Because along with ownership comes responsibility for where it goes, what it does, who it impacts, and where it winds up. So ownership and responsibility, when you mark that ball, become the key difference between driving range people who never take ownership of what they're doing, and people on the golf course who've got to play and play their ball during the play. You know, how many people, let's say the world of Twitter right now, how many people are sending balls downrange that they never take ownership or responsibility? Mm. They hit them once, they're gone. 
They never worry about where you know where it winds up, what it does. Uh, it's become a lifestyle with a lot of people, a lot of especially young kids today, who don't think about the impact of their words or oh, their actions. That's good. Yeah. So that that was the emphasis behind the speech. Uh, it was this discussion of what happens when you yeah. take ownership. Yeah. You know. And and. Uh, and out of that, I ended up writing, uh, it's ultimately going to be a book, probably called Mark Your Ball. Um, and I wrote 10 chapters That's about awesome. that, uh, about that, that theme. And in the 10 chapters, a couple of them in there, I'll just highlight <laughs> them for you. One was to break out the word of practice. What does practice really mean? Uh, I, I think the most dangerous time in a game of golf is when you're not hitting hmm. the ball. It's when, because when you're waiting to hit your ball, you get in your mind and you start th- second guessing yourself, right? And you start, you start thinking, hey, you know, that last shot, you start worrying about the last shot, what was happening before, how you feel at the moment. And this is in business, an entrepreneur. Yeah, they had a failure. Yeah, they went out of bounds. Yeah, they went in the sand trip. Okay, mm-hmm. put it away. It's gone. That was the last shot. That next shot is a brand new shot. You know, it's, it's one of the other chapters is you've got to have a beginner's mindset. Every shot's nice. a new shot. Um, golf's a team sport. Take somebody with you. Uh, learn to trust your aim. Uh, and then uh, one of my favorite, though, is you got to, in the end, you've got to love the game more than you love your mm-hmm. scorecard. Uh, you go out to have fun. You know, life is about having fun. Stop worrying about oh, keeping score. Uh, you know? St. Peter's is not going to ask you for your scorecard when you get up to the gate. He's, you're going to show up and say, hey, I brought my scorecard. I signed it and everything. <laughs> you know, he's got a special room down the hall for people who keep their own score. Yeah. You know, he's going to say, no, did, did you have fun? Did you live it? Did you enjoy the game? And would you do it again? Oh, this is awesome. I mean, and what I like about this is, like you said, whether you play golf or not, and I like the way you even shared the story. Uh, or, you know, gave the, the, the tidbits of it. Whether you really know golf or really understand golf, this is perfect because most of us are familiar, like you said, with uh, the different spaces, you know, the, the, the driving range and actually being out there on the green. And like I was making mention before, you know, the driving range can be fun. And I like nowadays, again, they're making it real fun and, and festive nowadays. So you can get stuck on, like you said, going and hitting the ball and just letting it just just going and not taking responsibility. And I think that's the key. A perfect speech, it sounds like, for, for the, the audience that you gave it to. But that's for any of us, right? Sometimes we, we want to to go out here and we want to be successful, but we don't understand that there's there's accountability, there's some things, some responsibility we have to do, there's a process, there's, like you mentioned, the person there that's trying to get better, is trying to improve their shot, they're there for a reason. The intent is to get better, right? Or that person that, even if they're dreaming, they know that one day my goal is to get there on the green, but I'm there for a purpose. But when you don't have any purpose and you just aim, and, you know, you're out here, you can't just expect you know, uh, opportunities to come your way. You can expect uh, great success when you don't have a plan in place or I should say have more of a, a understanding and responsibility of what's taking place. And so I love this. I love what, what you're sharing. And, um, yeah. Well, I, I got to give that to the, the youth program, to the junior golfers. And, and it was when I was – so I'm delivering this speech uh-huh. for the first time. And they had given me tw- uh, 20 minutes <laughs> wow. to give this speech. 
and I hit the 20 minutes point, and I was just watching my audience, and everybody, you know, they were all leaning forward. Uh, I had 100 kid, people in the room, uh, I, 100 kids and about another 20 coaches, and their heads were going up and down while yeah. I was giving it, which yeah. is a good, good you know. <laughs> And then I looked over and I hit, came to the twenty minute mark, and the guy running the program was doing this. He was going, <laughs> keep going, keep going. Keep going. <laughs> I was like, okay, okay. So I, I ran it. I think out to thirty minutes, and I said, okay, I'm running out of stuff here. <laughs> but what I did is I since then expanded it, and I even used it at a speech um, to a bunch of Air Force mm. leaders out at Warren Air Force Base in Wyoming, where they flew me out, and this was the the topic. And it was focused on leadership in that organization of learning to take that ownership responsibility uh, for everything. That's awesome. Well, I can't. I'm going to say, when, as soon as you get the book and, and it's ready to go, you may, you may have to come back onto the program and talk a lot more about it. Because I, I like that. That really, I think that's a, a key element, you know, especially for um, leaders. Um, and you're trying to build others and you're trying to train others and develop others. I think it's an important principle to have you know, a message like what you have and have them have someone like yourself come in and share to any area. Right. Again, you can apply that to a small group, a small organization, a large organization. You can apply this concept because you want those people that are part of your team to own, you know, own that aspect of it. You know, especially, you know, some of our corporations are just so big and you can get siloed in one area and think, oh, we only do this and we only do that. And I come in and, like you said, punch the clock and go home. But there's there's a big part of the puzzle, right? What you do to the for the organization and what you do for the company, it benefits, you know, the organization being successful. It ultimately impacts customers and clients and so on and so forth. So it's important that we make sure that we own take more responsibility. And I think that's a lost thing that that's coming around nowadays. People are not taking as full responsibility as they should. And just to be reminded, taking you know, taking that responsibility, marking that ball and really understanding what, what, what it's all about. Love it. I love it. I love it. Thank <laughs> you. Like I say, anybody in your audience, if they want to, that's one of the things mm-hmm. I do is, uh, is a keynote speaker. So uh, uh, that that's one of the foundations of one of my Oh, yeah. You can't be a Maxwell so. <laughs> team leader and not, not, yeah. not, not know how to speak and put the stories together. So, I, yeah, I can definitely tell. Yeah, definitely uh, something that you, you also offer, I'm assuming, to organizations and to companies as well. Yeah, so yeah. Well, that's awesome. So, so it sounds like you're a pretty good golfer. Is that is that what that I'm getting out of? No, actually, no. I'm a whole oh wow! Golfer. <laughs> no, I, but you pay attention. I, uh, I'm a hack, uh, uh, but I pay attention. I can tell you exactly what I'm doing wrong, and I'll do it again wrong. <laughs> that's good. But no, I, I have fun. I I, I stop worrying. I realize see, you know, one of those things is is what can I do? What, you know, what am I going to do yeah. in life? You know, first of all, can I do it? Yeah. Am I good at it? So I decided early on I was going to be a golf pro, right? <laughs> but the second question came up, is am I good at it? And the answer was no. Okay, so no golf. Take that out of the kit bag. I'm not going to be a golf pro. So I'm not afraid to say that's You know, I'm, I'm a speaker and a, yeah. a coach for a reason because that's what awesome. I'm good at. <laughs> that's awesome. Well, I definitely enjoyed it. Um, you know, it's, it's definitely been a great, you know, time talking to you and, and, and you know, again, expanding my network. Um, as well, you know, an opportunity to, to reach out to someone like you. You know, I deal a lot with leadership, so it's, it would be lovely to bounce ideas and thoughts off of another leader uh, about things because things are changing. And so, um, you know, as things are changing, before we, you know, kind of get out of here, let's talk about 
some some things. You know, we just came out of a pandemic and and, and a lot of uncertainties mm -hmm. and um, things that we're not aware of. But for business owners and leaders nowadays, they're going into environments now that they they don't know what what's going to be next. You know, things are going to change. What advice would you provide for leaders to business owners on how to really strategize when you're not really sure how things are going to take place? I, I see that one of the things we lost during the pandemic was uh, connecting with each other. We we did yes, we did go on a Zoom, but we stayed some some connections mm -hmm. there, but we lost some of yeah. the personal touch and some of the techniques, you know, of, of follow-up mm. with people. Uh, I, to me, I think as business leaders and business owners, we need to keep pouring value into our customers, keep connecting with them, uh, keep them top of mind, you know, just do not assume because they came and did business yesterday with, a, with you that they'll do it in the, mm -hmm. within the future. So if you want to kind of, uh, you know, proof your create, you know, proof your company that it's going to stay solid and grow, uh, working to add value into your customers, uh, both the old and, okay. and the new. Uh, but don't, don't, don't just because you haven't heard from somebody in a while, don't be afraid to reach out and say how things going, you know, um, and connect with them. I, I, so I think it's a people business. Leadership's a people business. Business is a people business. Uh, so reestablishing those connections that were lost, I think, is, I think that's huge. I think that's huge, and and can keep and keep them going, right? You know, uh, keep those relationships going because, like you said, you know, yeah, we may be falling off a little bit with the pandemic or so, but you want to keep those relationships going. Whether you need, you know, anything from that client today, or you never know down the line, or going back to what we said before, they may refer someone to you. So you want to kind of keep clients, you know, always. Paying attention, seeing what they need, going back to that listening that what you said, it, it, even if it's just, is there anything that's going on that I can help you with, you know, just paying attention to what's going on. And so, you know, you know, there's a lot of talk about recessions and different things like that. This is a good time if you're a business owner, I believe, to pay attention, see what, you know, see what is things impacting your clients, is things happening? And maybe there's something you can help, you know, it may not be in your wheelhouse of your, your business or what you do today. But maybe it's something that you can provide because you know that your clients, majority of them are going to be facing X, Y, and Z. And so maybe you need to provide a certain type of seminar that's outside of your wheelhouse, but you're bringing someone else in to help them through these times that we're facing. Is this the type of stuff you... Well, it goes back to the golf The golf thing is that when the ball's in the fairway, it's easy to walk right down there to the ball and yeah. you see the ball. But when the ball's in the rough, and you got to go in the rough to find it, I don't know if you're from Idaho. You're going to be real intentional about what you're doing out there because you're, you're going to take a club, yeah. a stick, a rock, and you're going to go out there looking because there's hazards more than, you know, there's, there's other things there. out there. So, yeah, there's things out there. So you're going to be paying more attention in hard times, and you got to pay attention. You just can't just be uh, so, like I said, getting real intentional about what you're doing and how you're interacting and, and don't lose the contacts you made during the pandemic. I, I've got a group uh, in Estonia, uh, Eastern oh, wow. Europe, that I, I do a weekly call oh. with them uh, that I set up during the pandemic. And, and I'm, oh, not, yeah. I'm not shutting that off <laughs> because uh, I'm maintaining that contact and, and continuing to grow uh, internationally because of the pandemic that I would not have thought of before. Uh, so those opportunities are still out there. Don't throw them away because, you know, we think the uh, the pandemic right, right. 
That's awesome. I, I love your perspective. I love, you know, your leadership. I love, you know, your background of, you know, the things that you've experienced. It definitely share, it shows in, you know, how you even came up with that analogy and you came up with that, that lesson for others. It really plays a big part. So um, you're definitely a wealth of knowledge. So before we before we really get out of here, what, what are some things that you could offer? You know, maybe if someone listening may need, what are things that you, you specialize in, things that you could do? Um, if you could kind of tell us a little bit about that and maybe ways to con- um, get in contact with you if, if someone wants to pursue. Well, my webpage is uh, marshalltownsend.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, so there, there I have a host. I, you know, I have my uh, podcast mm-hmm. there um, and my blogs. But also the work with me, there's one mm-hmm. is coaching. But um, that's kind of my high-end pro- product. So I have a lot of other little workshops I do. I do, uh, uh, in fact, coming up for me next week is I'm doing a workshop on growth. Uh, I do mastermind workshops with companies. Uh, I have a thing from the John Maxwell team called the Leadership Game, uh, which is really fun to go into a company and use. And I get a lot of requests for me to come in and sit down and play the Leadership Game. Uh, with. So it's an interactive game with yeah. the members of that, that, that organization or company. Uh, so those are available, and then speaking. I will come in and speak. I'll be a, if that's a lunch and learn, a keynote, and then I can even do lunch and learns uh, on uh, you know over Zoom with with companies, uh, or uh, have me come out and do the keynote. Speaking. Okay. You know? All right. And, link, and so links the the connect with me, uh, set an appointment with me. You can find those on my on your on website. website, and then also we can connect with you on LinkedIn, right? <laughs> Absolutely, LinkedIn. I'll tell you, I'm getting into LinkedIn. And then, so if if you look for me on any other platforms, you'll see MT2 Leadership. Uh, And so it stands for Marshall Townsend II Leadership. MT2 Leadership. Uh, I'm on Instagram, Facebook, uh, LinkedIn, and uh, Tumblr, Twitter. (laughs) Also, you're out out there. That's awesome. Well, I always do a random question, but in this case, it's not really totally random. (laughs) But uh, let's talk a little bit, since we talked a little bit about golf, um, and and I'm not a a person that knows a lot of people, but I'm just going to randomly throw some names out here, but you can only pick three. If if you had to choose three golfers that you would, uh, you know, I guess either play with, or I don't know how that works in golf world, Uh, you got Tiger Woods, of course. Um, you've got a Jack, uh, what is it? Is it Jack Nicholson or Jack Nicholson? Jack Nicholson. We've got um, Arnold Palmer. Is that is he a golfer? <laughs> He's a golfer. Yeah. Right. Now, unfortunately, um, Bobby Jones. Yeah. Right. Let's let's see. Ooh. Um, Ooh. Let's see. Phil Mickelson. Uh-huh. And. Um, I'll throw him out right away. Okay. <laughs> All right. Give me and, uh, maybe. Be- <laughs> Sorry, sorry, it's okay. <laughs> Maybe VJ Singh. Uh, give, give me three. <laughs> and why? Give me three. Well, oh, I would definitely, Tiger okay. would be one. Uh, Phil would be interesting. And I, um, um, I, You know, Arnold Palmer, I would have been awesome. Uh, my dad met him uh, long years and years ago. Oh, wow. And they both were in the oh, Coast Guard wow. together. So, uh, um yeah, my dad was. I think I said earlier the name. I don't know where that came from. My dad was coached there, um, but uh, uh, but yeah, okay. those three. I would say, uh, awesome. yeah, definitely, definitely. Uh, 
Tiger. Interesting. Because it's not about ball striking okay. Tiger. It's how he plays okay. the course. It is, is the most the biggest lesson from him is how he how he sees and plays the course. And that's what a good entrepreneur mm. needs to learn. How to how play to the play course. That course. It's not just hit the ball. Know what course you're play. playing on. That's good. Very good. All right. Well, it's been great today talking to you. Uh, you there. You still got probably a little bit more of your day. It's a little later this way uh, here in Atlanta. But uh, definitely enjoyed our conversation. Um, this was oh, definitely enlightening. I, I believe there's some nuggets that was dropped here today. And like I said, I, I think this is an opportunity for me and you as well, you know, to bounce some leadership ideas and thoughts off, off of each other. Um, really appreciate uh, the connection. So I uh, definitely en- um, enjoyed the conversation and the connection today. But um, to all those that are listening to guy today, hopefully you enjoyed this program. Hopefully you enjoyed what we had to, to share today. Um, again, this is leadership. We want to make sure that uh, we have all the tools and the, the resources necessary to be effective leaders um, in our business, in our families, in our homes, whatever place that we find ourselves as leaders. We want to be very effective. And some of the things that we talked about today is things that you can always apply, um, especially in your business, in your personal life as well. So uh, with that being said, this is Sherrod, and this is Behind the Grind.